Hello and welcome to All Villa Another Villa, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Frankie, we're going on a European tour. Villa found out their group stage rivals for the Conference League today and it threw up some very fun fixtures indeed. So first of all, Frankie, what did you make of it? Oh, George, Aston Villa are back. We are we're back. back. Can we're you back, believe baby. it? All the, It's like when Italy left Eurovision for like 20 years. We, we are, <laughs> we're, we're, that's what we are. We're returning um, to where we belong. Uh, and I did notice Alex Scott introduced us in the tournament as well. You know, she was going through the teams that were there and she mentioned the two highlights. She said, Aston Villa, 1982 European Cup winners. Of course, not that we like to remind everybody about that all the time. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, just very, very exciting to just see us in a European draw. I mean, you know, yeah. a lot of people will be like, kind of like, you know, dismissive of oh, the Conference League. What does it matter? But look at the Roma fans when they won it two years ago. You know, bloody the most the most exciting scenes outside the Coliseum since uh, Maximus Decimus Ridius laid the smack down on Joaquin Phoenix. And then, uh, <laughs> and then last year it was um, uh, West Ham with one of the greatest moments in the club's history. And you know, for Aston Villa, it's that uh, this is you know this is a process in. I hope that eventually we can get to the Champions League, but this is a process in us in, you know, being back in Europe, getting that experience again and winning a trophy like this. My God, George, it'd be absolutely amazing. So, yeah, uh, yeah how do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, very, very excited. I think for me personally, the draw uh, couldn't have gone better. Um, don't know if anybody could see I'm wearing a, it's a leggy of Warsaw shirt, Frankie. <laughs> you traitor. You traitor. No, no, no. Divided no, loyalties. No. No, no, no. Of course, my my one my one allegiance is to Aston Villa Football Club, of course. But um, you know, they they're, they're the sort of team. You know, my my family are, are Polish, and they're the, they're the sort of team that I sort of follow from afar. Do you know what I mean? I might keep an eye on their results. They they they're kind of one of the most. They are the most successful team in 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 Poland. Mm. I don't think that really counts for much. I think when when Villa are concerned, Villa will obviously play them as huge favourites, as they will actually probably the other two uh, opponents that we face in the group stages. Alkmaar are probably the most um competitive mm-hmm. uh of the of the um of the teams that we've been drawn against. I mean let's 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 start by talking about them individually. So mm. you know Al- Alkmaar were the uh were came out of pool A or the first pool. Yeah, we were in pool seed. two. They were top seeds and um you know obviously they 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 reached the latter stages of this competition last season where they were beaten by the eventual winners uh West Ham. They've got some mm. interesting players uh in their in their ranks. Um the son of Mark Van Bommel plays for RZ Alcorn. Oh god if he's course, anything like his dad'll be a nasty piece of work uh, there, won't he? It, it, it'll be it'll be a challenge for sure. Matt Ryan, formerly of Brighton and Arsenal goalkeeper, plays for plays for uh, RZ at the moment. Um Jordi Classy, who people might remember played for Southampton for a brief period mm. of time. Um Bruno Marzindi. I think Bruno Martins, indeed. Not Bruno, <laughs> Bruno, Bruno, Bruno Mars plays for. Yeah. As he just rocks yeah. up, he just, he just uh, walks out the tunnel. We're like, is that Bruno Mars? <laughs> man, he would, ca- he, he would catch a grenade for us, Frankie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Bruno Martins, indeed, formerly I think of Stoke City. Um, so a couple yeah. of names which will be familiar to uh, to listeners, mm. and of course, big. Concrete, Ron Concrete, obviously very much in the headlines at the moment. Uh, and he was actually like um, Concrete, which collapses quite easily in many ways, Ron Vlaar. Uh, bad injury record, but, you know, he he, he was a captain for us and, and played for RZ Alkmaar for a few seasons as well. So a couple of interesting links between them and, um, and us. Um, mm. 
Leggy Warsaw, not well, well, so first, well, first, George, I do I do like the research you've done on Azzy uh, Alkmaar there. Um, what you haven't mentioned is their nickname. I, I've done my research. You know, my research involved Wikipedia. That, that's 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 what good. I, yeah, that's that's what as far as I go. Um, so uh, they are known as a. Uh, I'm I'm going to try and say the Dutch cash kuppen, which means cheese heads, or de cash borden, um, the cheese farmers. So, you know. The cheese farmers. Uh, so the Ma- cheese Matty, heads. Matty, Matty, what was it? Matty Cashwat. Hmm. <laughs> it was Cash Cashwat. Cashboren. Matty Cashboren. Matty Cashboren. Matty Cheese Farmer. The Cashboren <laughs> and Cash Cup and Cheese Heads, and you know, of course, we remember those scenes with the West Ham fans with Nolsey, don't we, George? We do. I mean, that remember- could be you this year, Frankie. So just to get, you know, if you can't remember, basically there was those famous scenes at the Altmar Stadium last year where the Altmar fans tried to get to the West Ham fans. And this one man alone, Nolsey, is sort of very like bold, cockney looking lad, held him back, didn't he, on his own. So George, if the time comes, you and me, like two Roman legionaries standing there defending the Villa fans. I tell you what, I went to a wrestling event this week and I learned, I, I watched intently and I learned a few moves. So anyone comes at me, I, I can put on a front face lock. I, I, I know how to do a, a, you know, a, hit someone over the top rope. No, 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 so you got a ticket to the final off the back of that. So, um, so, you know, if we do something similar, then maybe we could get a couple of tickets to the final in Athens when Villa inevitably get there that, that's um, going to be that's what we're going to be doing we're just going to go around everywhere every game we play we're going to be standing there looking to defend the the, the team uh just so we can get free tickets and then eventually <laughs> we see the people coming at us and when you see them well the two of us who are not natural born fighters i would say we're more not, not no we're more lovers than fighters i would say and uh just the speed at which we all run in the opposite direction uh <laughs> looking for our own knolls each hold them back <laughs> yeah Running to to hide behind the, the largest villa fan we can find. Yeah. Um just a really that, innocent, nice guy who's like doesn't yeah. want to fight. No. Which like, you, you go, you're you'll sort of we'd, be, we'd, be, we'd be standing behind the largest villa fan we can find, but and also shouting insults from behind us, just <laughs> yeah, encouraging the uh the, the big guy to take him on. Yeah. Um but but yeah, you know, so so Arted for sure are probably the biggest challengers in this particular group. Uh, Legia Warsaw, as I said, they are uh, a formidable team in Poland. Mm. Um, they are the most successful uh, team in Poland. I was I was trying to think of the um, any sort of link between us and Legia. Dariusz Kubicki was oh, wow. a player who played for both teams back in the day, apparently. Mm. Um, and they do have a bit of a, a, a starred history in Europe. They reached the semi-finals of the Champions League in 1970. Yeah. Um, but you know, in the last few years, um, they 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 haven't really performed too well uh, uh, in in European competition. So I would expect us to uh, to triumph there. However, the atmosphere in Warsaw, as we were discussing, will be uh, something else. I think. I think you know they do have a bit of a an ultras reputation. Mm. That particular fan base, as do, as do a lot of clubs in Poland. Well, well, you should know, George, with that Lechia Warsaw shirt you're wearing. Well, that, uh... this is like, I might I might have to wear this uh, if I <laughs> travel over to Warsaw, just simply to protect myself. Um, <laughs> I'll have the Villa shirt underneath, and if I feel things are looking okay, I'll take it off and reveal the claret and blue. But but I think I'll just I'll wear that. I reckon when I'm walking around the streets of the Polish capital. And then the one that we haven't actually touched on is um, the Bosnian champions. Zrinski, which actually sounds a bit like my surname. I was going to say, they're, they're George Zrinski Mostar. <laughs> yeah, George Zrinski Mostar, who yeah. um, 
who uh, it's a yeah, code named after you. You're, this is their favorite podcast, and they were like, "Yes, I, I Zlinsky is like the Bosnian version of, uh, or Zrinsky is the Bosnian version of your surname, I reckon." So that's where it comes from. That's uh, that's going to be canon now on this podcast. That's right. And um, my my cousin uh, is one of their strikers. Uh, so um, yeah. so 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 yeah. I mean, they're they're probably the the ones you can look at as the as the um, the anomaly in the group. The one that we probably don't really know too much about. It's the first time that they've. Uh, played in this competition. Granted, this competition is only about two years old, but I, mm. I think um, you know they they will be the kind of the ones to perhaps sort of keep an eye on in terms of how they play, how they perform in the rest of the group before we play them, um, just to see how they get on. But, well, but well, George, it's certainly interesting. So you one thing, Mostar, extremely beautiful place. Just going off the pictures I've seen taken by people. Well, the, I know the famous Most famous Mostar Bridge. Yeah. Um, just to just to delve into architecture and history here, that was sort of that was blown up during the Balkans War and then and then painstakingly rebuilt, um, mm. which is one of the sort of wonders of that particular region. So mm. you know, if you fancy going there, Frankie, I'll be all up for that, of course. Yeah, of course. Traveling uh, over the Mostar Bridge. Yeah, me and you on the Mostar Bridge, romantic walks in the evening, and yeah, it'd be a. <laughs> Uh, it's an extremely beautiful place by all accounts, Mostar, and uh, I can't say I know too much about the football team other than the fact that they have a, they're named after you. And then um, the other, then Warsaw as well. Like again, Warsaw, another extremely beautiful uh, city that you know well, George. I mean, you know, for you being you know Polish heritage, you're the Matty Cash of the Aston Villa podcast world. You know, you're born in the UK but Polish family. Uh, you got you got any family in Warsaw at all? Or yeah, they... yeah, I've got a few distant relatives in Warsaw. Um, yeah. uh, my granddad was was born there. Uh, he he actually when when he came over to to see us, he, he brought me a leggy Warsaw shirt from you know 1995 when I when I when he came to Birmingham to see me. So you know Fantastic. it's in the, it's in the blood it's in the blood, Frankie. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I'd love to go over there and and see them play. And it'd be interesting, as you say, you know, Matty Cash, he, he's probably a bit more familiar with Warsaw, having played in the National Stadium there. An emotional homecoming now. for Matty Cash. An emotional <laughs> homecoming for Brentford-born Matty Cash. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, it will be interesting to see how he gets on playing in that stadium uh, for Villa instead of Poland. Um, look, but, but yeah. I if we both went over there and uh, you once you got there, you just felt like, oh, the, the spirits of your ancestors just came back. You're like, <laughs> Oh, you were wearing your Lechia Warsaw shirt and you just turned to face me. You're like, you just turn on me. It's like a proper spicy question. We actually <laughs> fall out. It's like, no, get out of here. You're not one of me. Get away. Get away. Get out of here. I just uh, decided to abscond and, and stay in Poland for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, no, I mean, just brilliant, isn't it, Frankie? Just, just on a, on a, on a, on a bigger level. Just the fact that as Villa fans, we have the opportunity to go to these sorts of places potentially and, and watch Villa compete against teams we've never competed against before. Absolutely. Uh, with the last time we were in Europe, I was, I think both of us were probably too young to to actually travel and be involved in in those sorts of experiences. But now we've we're of an age where um, where we can at least at least attempt to try and get tickets. I know I know mm. they'll be extremely difficult to try and get, but if we can, I'm, I'm sure we'll both be over them. But yeah, just just brilliant. And as you say as well, you know, to be part of that draw, to mm. see Aston Villa on that little slip of paper. You know, in brackets, ENG, you mm. know, uh, Mark Noble, <laughs> opening it up. Nervously uh, opening, shaking, because he knew Aston Villa was in there. And he was like, oh. just the thought of playing Villa made him so nervous. Absolutely. So, no, it, it was it was great. So, um, so, so you know, a really exciting uh, afternoon for us. And, of course, yeah, Frankie. And, and, you know, something I noticed as well, like, last night on uh, Twitter, obviously, when Villa were playing Hibs, I saw a lot of uh, quite young Villa fans 
saying stuff like, you know, Hibs were the best fans they've seen at the stadium and all that. But one thing I would say is, you know, I remember it's been such a long time that we were in Europe, but I do remember going to when we went, we played Ajax in about yeah. 2008, beat them 2 1. I remember when we did the Rapid Vienna games, both of them. I remember, we, I remember playing maybe Lille or something like a French team in the early 2000s and maybe in the Intertoto Cup. I've been to a few European games there. And um, what you'd always say is the away atmosphere is always incredible. And it'd yeah. be the same for Villa fans going abroad as well. It, there's just something about European nights and those European uh, games. It's just, it, it, you know, even if the team aren't necessarily a team you've really heard of and not a big side generally there's just something about it there's just a, a feeling and a vibe and yeah you know, you're my, really... I, I spoke to my dad about um about obviously the draw and he said the best game that he's ever been to was when we played Atletico Madrid yeah. I think we were knocked out in the UEFA Cup on away goals or something but Stan Collymore scored twice about the man. Two, two one at Villa Park and he said the atmosphere for that game was just absolutely unbelievable so if we can kind of recreate anything like that and and we we you know we know that it'll be sell out at Villa Park for sure for, for, for those games. So um so yeah, it would just be amazing as you say to to kind of experience that uh now, particularly under Emery and, and when we've mm. got a team that can be actually competitive in the competition. Absolutely. I mean we've got the manager to do it really. I was looking at every the <laughs> team in the uh tournament and um there's no reason Villa can't beat any of them really on their day. But you know and particularly with the manager we have, who has so much elite experience at winning trophies in Europe. But uh, of course, you know, it's the, the thing is, like, as, as high quality as our players are, there is still that experience of the Thursday, Sunday thing. And there's also the experience, you know, going away to these states, to unfamiliar stadiums. And there's just a certain atmosphere that it might actually take a little while to get used to. The team to look at really is West Ham and see what they've done in the last two years. Yeah. You know, they've done really well in Europe, semi-final of the Europa League and won the Conference League. And West Ham uh, are not necessarily a team that had players that are better than Villa or um, a manager that's better than Emery or anything like that. But they uh, did really, really well in Europe. So, you know, to look at them and think how well they did, why can't Villa do the same is how I think uh, we should look at it really. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you mentioned uh, the Hibernian game mm. and their amazing fans uh, just now. Um, let's sort of talk about that game. I mean, it was always in the bag after we scored five goals up at Easter Road um, last week. So, you know, it was just a case of how many more, I guess, we could score at Villa Park and it finished 3-0 and aggregate 8-0. Uh, mm. what, what did you make of the game? I mean, look, there was an obvious golfing class. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows what, you know, what Hibs can pay and Villa can pay is obviously absolutely astronomically different, you know? Um, so uh, it's like your Twitter following and my Twitter following. You have a lot, <laughs> I don't have a lot. So, you know, that that's what it is. I'm the Hibs to your Villa. Uh, sure. But, um, but uh, what I would say is that uh, it was a professional job and football is full of examples where... Uh, teams have underestimated rivals. Ten years ago, Bradford turned up in the semi-finals of the Carabao Cup and sorted us out, and they were in League Two at the time. Uh, Stevenage turned up earlier this year when we had Unai Emery as manager, and Villa, Villa's players just looked like they couldn't be bothered. They half asked it, and they got caught out. And last night, you know, Villa were 5-0 up, and there was a lot of players who got an opportunity to show what they could do, considering they might not start very often. And they turned up, and all of them... Um, got the job done. 
and they I think all of them did something that's impressed, right? You know, Robin Olsen, he's had a lot of criticism. There's a lot of doubts about him. And there were one or two moments with his feet where, again, you look at him and think, is he a natural with his feet? I still don't think he is. But he pulled off some really, really big saves, which is great for him and great for his confidence. Um, and he might well have to do the same at Anfield if Emmy Martinez is not fit. So, of course, we support him and we always will. He's a Villa player. Um, and then, of course, opportunities as well. Omari Kellyman and... Uh, Seb Revan, uh, you know, Kellyman, uh, every time I've ever seen him, I get a Chukwameka vibe. Yeah. And I repeat myself over and over again. We can't, we, it's easy to overhype players, blah, 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 blah. Yes, I get that before anybody starts yelling at me or whatever about it. But I do get the vibe off him, like when I watch him, and I think he just reminds me of a bit like when Chukwameka came through, where it feels like I think he's just that level above potentially. And I think there's probably, I think this guy is going to play in the Premier League. Um, and what a fantastic experience for him at the age of 17 to play 90 minutes in a really competitive environment, full stadium, uh, big noise uh, mm. in, a, in, a, in a European fixture. He, no one can ever take them away from him now. And he had a couple of moments where, you know, he made the wrong pass or, you know, a heavy touch here or there. But then he, he, finding that space for the second goal to come deep from that Diaby position, wait for the pass from uh, Pal Torres, have the uh, intelligence to know that he had space around him to turn, make the pass to Leon Bailey, and he got an assist. Great, yeah. great goal from Leon Bailey as well. And then, of, of course, in the second half, there was a lovely reverse ball he made for Bailey, who'd made a good run as well. And it was almost like a blind pass. And again, at 17 years of age, to have that level of awareness and, and game intelligence is very impressive. So um, really good show for him. And I think Dominic Revan, you know, he's in a, he's in a, or Seb Revan, sorry, he's in a very uh, tough um, position, left back two really great, good players there, in, uh, Dean and Moreno. So it's going to be hard to get past them. But he did himself... Uh, a lot of favours last night, you know, showed he can play there and do a job. So, um, yeah, good to see. And, you know, uh, yeah, so with Kelly, and what I like about Emery as well is that, you know, like every good coach, every, you know, like a great director in acting, they just keep pushing you, don't they? They think to be or not to be, but you can say it better. You know, you can say, you know, you're saying it like really well, but I want you to win an Oscar. I, want you to win, I don't want you to. I don't want you to win a, a soap award. I want you to win an Oscar, mate. That's what I want. You're not EastEnders. You're bloody Tarantino films, and that he's just got to keep pushing and pushing. And that's what Emery will do. He'll say, "All right, you did these two things really well last night to Kellyman, for instance. Uh, fantastic." So if you really, you know, say, "Well done," but I bet you he's in his ear now. This is what you could have done different. This is what you could have done different. And that kind of stuff is, you know, it's all it's constructive and it's aiming to get into the highest level we can. So to have that kind of coaching at that kind of age, you know, hopefully we don't end up selling. So I really don't want to sell all our youth players. Um, but certainly he did himself, both him and Revan did themselves a lot of favours and I'm sure we'll be getting a lot of great coaching now from Unai Emery. Yeah, absolutely. And and you can totally see them now, now that we have reached the group stages, getting you know, minutes in, in those sorts of games as well, um, which will be fierce and competitive and yeah. Uh, you know, incredible atmospheres away from home in particular, you know, you can, you can totally see they'll, they'll, they'll get some games and that will improve their confidence uh, and help develop them too. Yeah. I completely agree with Kellyman. Yeah. Can I, can I also mention that Kellyman is bloody 17 years old and was born in 2005. Yeah. He's younger yeah, than Mr. Yeah. Brightside. He is younger than Mr. Brightside. He he's seven years younger than Britney Spears' first CD. I mean, yeah, I it's, it's yeah. It's, I think it's the thing illegal. 
I know we've both reached that age, Frankie, where anyone born post 2000 should basically be about six years old, but they're yeah. now all kind of, you know, teenagers, early twenties, which is crazy to me. I, but anyway, I've, I've, uh, I've accepted, I accept that I'm not going to be a professional footballer now. I finally have accepted that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I'm, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm not there yet. I still think I've got maybe a couple more years to, 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 to push for that dream. But, um, but yes, no, they 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 certainly impressed the two young the two young lads that played last night. Um, and yeah, we just managed that game, completely controlled it. Um, you know, I think I think Hibbs knew the game game was up, and obviously when when John Duran scored that goal, by the way, what a pass from Pau Torres to yeah to set that up, and and then obviously Duran using his strength and awareness to realise Marshall had come way off his goal. To sort of poke it past him into the net, so that's two and two. Is that two and two now for for Duran? Um, two and two and three, I think. Two and three, so one in the league and obviously one in Europe now, which mm. will do wonders for his confidence, which is great. He's only nineteen, uh, something to bear in mind. Um, so yeah, uh, a big competition for him as well. I think the Conference League, he'll get minutes in that for sure. Olsen, as you mentioned, yeah, I think we need to um, we need to give him praise where praise is due. Uh, we've been critical of him in the past. A lot of Villa fans have as well because there is a, a golf in class between Martinez and, and Olsen as yeah. as there would be between Martinez and most other keepers to be fair. Uh but um but yeah he made a few important stops which will do wonders for him. And if he does play against Liverpool on Sunday, then you know that's a that's a good game to kind of get under his belt uh, before uh that one. Um mm-hmm. Matty Cash, he has got uh three goals in two games now which is which is very good going for a fullback uh, getting mm-hmm. into the right position anticipating the spill again from Marshall had a bit of a torrid game um to score Villa's third and um and yeah as I said complete performance very professional sending the, the fans home happy and I know Emery said today after the draw you know in response to a question about Villa fans buying tickets to travel to Athens which of course was where the final of the competition will be held mm. uh, saying you know don't do that <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves it's it's hard it's hard not to I mean you know looking mm. at the level of the, the, the teams that are in the competition as you said Frankie we could be any one of those on our day um, not to say that we will, but we can. We absolutely have the ability in our in our squad, and and we we will go into the the group stages now as 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 favourites to to win the competition, or one of the favourites to win the competition at least. So I think we need to embrace it. You know, uh, John McGinn, when he was interviewed after the game up in Edinburgh, said they've had conversations about winning the Conference League. You know, the the, mm. the team are having those conversations. They're not the shying away from it. They're embracing the fact that they go into it as, as one of the favorites. So yeah, why not? And, and, you know, looking at the group as, as, as I say, we, we should, we should come out of that on top and then who knows what the rest of the competition will bring. You know, if we do make it through, there'll be teams dropping out of the Europa league, which will, which will bring, you know, their own challenges, of course, if we get to the knockout stages, but, um, but yeah, we have to go into it with a lot of confidence and that game yesterday proved that we, we will be more than competitive in the conference league. Oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, Yonder Rand's goal. Oh, look at that. He's a, I can't work out if he's going to be the greatest striker on the planet. Or if it's just an absolute wild card, he's, he's a character for sure. Yeah, he's just that that handshake he went for. Yeah, they just pulled it away. away. Yeah, uh, I love a wrestling villain. Uh, that was pure yeah, wrestling. That was, that was that was pure heel. That yeah, him and Emmy Martinez forming a tag team of uh, the, the the shit houses maybe. Um, the dark arts, yeah. But but, uh, but yeah, I, I think um, he. Uh, 
the, the getting to that the run he made was really intelligent for the goal and the uh, sort of physically out muscling the play, like the defender as well like they were not small defenders that was a that was quite impressive bit of physicality and also yeah you know uh, the the game awareness to know the keeper was well off his line and to finish it it was a really good goal um so that's and a fantastic pass from Paul Torres, who again set up the well, started the move for the second goal as well with the pass into Kellyman. I keep saying it, but Paul Torres is one of our most important attacking players now. He really yeah. is. Every, so much starts with him just being patient on the ball and waiting to find that gap in the middle to get through to the forward line. Um, he's he's a really important player now for Villa Paul Torres, and a fantastic pass to uh, Yonder Ran that was. Uh, as I say, he plays like a midfielder he really does um and then uh, the third goal Matty Cash I tell you what with these goals he's like the Terminator he's like you know when um Carl Reese says to Sarah Connor you apps you know that Terminator is out there and it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead now I don't think Matty Cash is going to kill anyone hopefully um but he he will not stop till he gets a goal will he he won't mm. stop now he's he's on course for 50 goals this season hopefully so uh so yeah so it's, it's all looking up it's all looking up all Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it's time for this. George and I are close, but we may be driven apart by this, the spicy question. And today, Georgios of House Zelinsky, I'm asking you, how would you rate the transfer window out of 10? Ooh, um, well, one thing we haven't touched on so far is the arrival of um, Clement Longley, who's uh, who's joined from uh, Barcelona, mm-hmm. who we seem to always, you know, be linked with endless amounts of Barcelona players, which is pretty yeah. incredible. Uh, but yeah, he's one that we've managed to to, to bring over uh, from Barca. Uh, it's a year-long loan. Obviously, he spent last season on loan with uh, Spurs, so he has Premier League experience uh, at a big club. Um, and and Emery said, uh, yeah, well, either yesterday or today that you know he is cover for for, for Tyra Mings. Um, and I think it's a smart, sensible bit of business, really. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's uh, a Spurs. You know, I, I spoke to a couple of Spurs fans about him, and I asked I asked them, you know, what what did they make of him, and and I think some of them um weren't necessarily impressed, but others didn't lay the blame. The finger of blame on him. I think last season Spurs went through a very difficult spell, you know the whole Conte situation, and then and then you know Ryan Mason coming in and 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 uh, you know endless Harry Kane rumours and and all yeah. the rest of it. It wasn't a happy camp at Spurs last season. I think Longley sort of struggled to cement himself. But under Emery, he'll play under a manager who he's played under before at Sevilla. So Emery, you know, like many players, Monchi obviously will 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 know him from his time at Sevilla. Um, you know he he's he's clearly a decent player to go to Barcelona in the first place. He's 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 had uh, you know a, a terrific time of things at Sevilla to earn a move to to Barca and has done well in spells at Barca too. I think it's just time for him to to try a new thing at, at Villa and um, it'll be it'll be interesting. I'll be I'll be quite interested to see how he um, how he figures into our plans whether he uh, sort of makes it into the, the the first team or whether he'll be used more as a kind of a squad player particularly when we're playing you know so many games in Europe and in domestic comp- competitions too maybe that will be his opportunity to, to, to make an impression but but we'll see but certainly interesting signing and, it, and if you told me at the start of the transfer window that would sign 
the players we have, including Longley, who's of course a French international and many many caps for France. You know, you just be saying this is this is great. I, I think mm-hmm. I think ultimately I would give in answer to your question, Frankie, out of ten, I would give it an eight or a nine. Okay, I think would be my would be my uh, would be the number I'd attribute to it. Um, yeah, I think we we're, we're still kind of lacking in a few areas. I think I would have liked us, us to sign maybe another fullback to rival uh, Matty Cash. Although, of course, you know, Chambers can play there. Um, and obviously, Conser's played there already this season. So, mm. you know, we, we can we can rotate players around a little bit. But I think a bit more competition on the kind of fullback side would have been would have been nice. Um, and then, yeah, just another sort of forward player. We, we've, we've let quite a few go. Uh, obviously, there's still a few hours left of the transfer window, but I don't think... I don't think we, it looks like we're bringing anyone, anybody in, but Coutinho mm-hmm. could go to Qatar. Yeah. So if he goes, then we're looking maybe lighter in that area than I would like. But Emery says he's happy with the squad. And obviously, if, if we are struggling in January, we've got another opportunity then to bring some players in. But, you know, come on, look look, look at the players we've already brought in. DRB has hit the ground running, you know, two goals already for him uh, so far. Pau Torres has settled in really well, after, particularly after that Tyrone Mings injury. Having to come in in that Newcastle game and and try and do do what he uh, do what he could, um, but you know I think his performances have grown and grown in the last few yeah. games. You know, Torres assist for Duran shows that he's developing into a real player for us. And then, um, uh, God, who else have we brought in so far this season? Um, Diaby. Uh, yeah, Diaby, as I mentioned, looks looks decent. Zaniolo uh, shows mm-hmm. sort of flashes in his debut against Burnley. The old no look pass uh, was was interesting. That's a proper I throwback. Be, I feel like everyone, yeah. in the school playground in the year two thousand two, everyone was doing that because Ronaldinho kept doing it. Yeah, it'd be like the most, <laughs> yeah. you'd do it in the most stupid moment. It'd be like this most simple pass. No one's around you for about fifty yards. And you're doing the no look pass. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things where if we're doing well and performing well, I've got lots of time for that. If we end up having a disastrous season and he's still doing no look passes, <laughs> I think that's going to get on people's nerves. Yeah. But as things stand at the moment, you know, he, he's certainly going to be an interesting character, a bit like John Duran, I think. And then Yuri Tillerman, Yuri Tillemans will, will add a, um, a good signing. Yeah, some experience. He had a really good game yesterday. Just a very sensible player um, to, to have on board. So yeah, I think I think. It's looking really good. Those players really supplement the squad that we've already got. Um, and and yeah, as I said, I, I think we probably would have liked a couple more signings if the window went on for a bit longer. But as things stand, I think I think I'm happy with it. I don't know how you feel, Frankie, but I think most Villa fans are. Yeah, I'd go. Uh, I, I do you know. I'd maybe go as high as a nine, uh, nine yeah. out of ten, because I think Aston Villa have not been good at outgoings in in years. You know. It's slightly a testament to the fact that I think in the Gerard era, signings went really wrong. And I think maybe that's overstating it, but I think signings went a bit, a bit risky. I think they went yeah. a bit, they went a bit Everton, um, yeah. signing older players for a lot of money, big wages, long contracts. And you can see that there's been a real concerted effort to try and get rid of some of those players. Even up to last week, Luca Dean looked like he might be on his way. Yeah. Um, and uh, Coutinho, just it doesn't look like he can handle the Premier League's physicality anymore. That's that I just don't think he can. Yeah. Um, and I think that moving him on is a wise decision. Yeah, um, and I think that, uh, you know, um, Danny Ings was another one, a lot of money, big wages. 
well past his peak, as, as you can see. He, he, he just is. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, hasn't done that well at West Ham, really. And so selling him at the time was, you know, a lot of people questioned that because it left us light up top. I actually supported it at the time. And, and look at that. I think it's turned out really well. Um, yeah. So it felt like there was a bit of a concerted effort to maybe rectify some of the sort of more reckless spending that happened in the late sort of Perslow Gerard era. Um, but then, uh, you know, uh, also some outgoings as well, youth players. I think it's a it's an annoying part of FFP that, you know, it's, it seems to be uh, encouraging teams to sell youth players, mm. which is not yeah. ideal. You, you want your youth players to be such an intrinsic part of the team. And, you know, I even wonder now, let's say Jacob Ramsey was coming through, would we be selling him? You know, and look at how good he is now. It's You, you do wonder. And like Amari Kellyman, another one who I think, I genuinely just think he, sometimes you just know. With it, and with this guy, I feel like he just has it. And I do wonder, like, are we? I, I mean, may, maybe you just have to be really, really, really good to to stay at Villa now if you're a youth player. And if you're just not quite that, then you know, if the if the right price comes in, then we sell. Um, and you know, so yeah, they've, they've made good money from youth players, particularly Cameron Archer and. Aaron Ramsey and you know the buybacks are there as well so if they end up tearing it up then we can get them back if needs be um so that side of thing I think was good and then, but the signings you know Musa Diaby looks like an absolute world beater it just it, the, the transformational impact he's had on the team so yeah how Torres the two of them have been transformational players like Torres the way you know I I think Mings has, has been fantastic under Unai Emery um, and I think it's such a shame he got injured because him he could he maybe he'd have moved to the right of the centre backs, and then uh, Torres would have come in you know on the left. And but Torres just as, as a ball playing defender, what he's doing you know starting our attacks and retaining possession. Yes, you can get at him if you're a you know a very fast and strong forward. I'd say he probably has some vulnerabilities there, but just what he can do you know with with his attacking approach. Um, finding those direct passes into Diaby and Watkins and um, McGinn, it, it's it's really impressive, and it's 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 making Villa look quite a, a versatile team going forward. And Diaby, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence. Matty Cash and Leon Bailey have scored quite a few goals playing alongside him. Uh, it, it's no coincidence the two of them look, have just come alive on the right hand side because I think you would say last season with Villa on the left hand side we we'd we'd come alive. It was like you know. Professor Uno had watered the watered the, the soil, and a plant had bloomed on the left hand side. It was like a beautiful flower. Everything was going down there, but on the right, it was a bit more of a rockery. You know, I think it was a bit more like things weren't quite growing in the way you'd want. There's a bit too much shade on it, not enough sunshine. Mm. Now with Diaby, I think that's made the right hand side look much more dangerous, and I think we look a much more balanced team. And as I say, Diaby to me looks like a player who could be Champions League level. He really does. Um, so, and you know, I've had people in London who have no connection to Aston Villa at all saying to me like, you know, mate, that Diaby fella, he looks all right, don't he? He looks quite tasty, you know, and quite a few people have said that to me and I've been like, he bloody does, mate. He, he acting well does, mate. Um, so, so that was nosy, by the way. And now you want, you want to fight me over it, don't you? <laughs> Who's better, Jared Bowen or bloody Noosa Diaby? Go on, have it. Who do you want, eh? I'm like, uh, uh. Bowen's a Villa fan, by the way. He's here. I'll have you, mate. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's that's what happens to me every day in London. Um, yeah, no, it sounds like it. It's like a Charles Dickens novel. <laughs> it is, yeah. Up <laughs> uh, the, the, the old chimneys with a little sweep. Yeah, by day, I'm a chimney sweep. Um, uh, by night, by evening, a, a, 
a, a podcaster, go pickpocketing, <laughs> things like that. Um, but other than that, uh, yeah, so it's the signings, you know, the squad depth looks good. I, I would have liked another forward. Another, I would, I would have ideally liked another attacker. I think just because of that Watkins cover, but maybe, maybe Unai Emery and the coaches are seeing something in um, uh, Yom Duran that they really like, and maybe they think he needs minutes this season, in which you know, let's say, which will benefit him so much for the season after and the season after that. And if we brought in another forward, maybe that would limit his game time and not help him in the coming season. So, um, and you know. Against Everton, he impressed. He got a goal, and he got a goal against Hibs, and he impressed there as well. So, yeah, um, he's a, he's a wild card right now. But uh, who knows? Who knows where he can go to? So, uh... and and, and, to, and to be honest, you know, if you ask a, if if you asked a few a few Villa fans, maybe I'm maybe it would be the minority, but I, I'm not entirely sure. If if we said, okay, we've got, we're going to let Coutinho go. We're not going to sign a replacement, but. The likes of Kelly, Kellyman, Aropenham will get minutes in lieu of Coutinho being there. Mm. I think a lot of Villa fans would be kind of okay with that, particularly given how well Kelly, you know, Kellyman in particular played against Hibs yesterday. You know, yeah. player of the match, and and okay, Hibs, they're not the yeah. best team in the world. You know, God knows what league they're playing if they play down in England. But um, I think, yeah, as I said, I, I think I think I, I'd certainly be happy with with Kellyman getting more minutes over. You know, an injury, an injury ravaged Felipe Coutinho. Mm. Um, it's a shame that it hasn't really worked out towards the end. It started well for for, for Coutinho, and who knows, it might still stick around. Villa, he hasn't left yet. Mm. Uh, but but yeah, I, I think um, I think it'd be nice to see the young players grab a chance uh, in the first team, and and then who knows, you know, you could have the next the next Jacob Ramsey or however young Jacob Ramsey mm. is, but you know, the next Jacob Ramsey already playing alongside him um yeah. which could be which could be interesting i think uh just before we go it'll probably be good to talk about the liverpool game on sunday mm. um you know the first probably real proper test bar obviously newcastle at the start of the season that villa are gonna face um they're gonna be without virgil van dyke who picked up a, a red card against newcastle last mm. weekend and uh, jürgen klopp was very Effusive is that the right word of his praise of Villa. You think he said that you know they'll be they'll be competing for Europe again this season. Um, they're going to be a team to watch out for. Uh, it's 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 we got a point there last season, of course. Um, so we know we can go there and get get results. But how do you see uh, the game on Sunday going? Well, I think it's a very intriguing game, and I'm going three to either way is my prediction. Um, yeah, I, I think there'll be goals. goals. I, I I agree with you there. Yeah. Uh, and I think that uh, I think our draw at Anfield in April, I think it was, was one of the most impressive results of the season. And I think it was a fantastic example of what Unai, the impact Unai Emery had on the team, because in that game, um, Villa played a high line, and well, obviously we keep playing the high line, but you know Liverpool were on a seven-game winning streak, you know, and they were going for the Champions League, and we went up there in a high-pressure environment where Anfield's rocking, you know, and basically Villa played a high line, and Liverpool just couldn't seem to get their heads around it. They couldn't seem to deal with it because Liverpool themselves are playing a high line. So it was so congested. And what they kept mm. doing was they just kept getting caught offside over and over again, or they would hit a pass and it would just go too long to Emmy Martinez. And it repeated itself over and over again until maybe the last 15 minutes where they started to look more dangerous. Um, and they, slow, they sort of adapted by that point. Um, so Villa did really well in that sense. And also, it was ingenious how Emery 
worked on um, how Liverpool had changed their tactics at that point where they were starting to bring Trent into the midfield from as that as so all these teams love to do now Arsenal do it City do it they bring that right back or the left back but right back into centre midfield and they were doing that with Trent and the way we we coped with it was John McGinn playing as the second striker would come back and just stick on him so it was disrupting Liverpool from deep all the time and I imagine we'll see something similar. Uh, I don't know if McGinn will be the one to do that. Maybe it'll be Diaby, but I, I don't know about Diaby's defensive prowess. Um, but um, McGinn will be there or thereabouts, of course. He'll be in a similar position. So maybe he will be the one to get on um, Trent before he can get into the position to cause problems. But uh, it, And then also what was happening was because McGinn would get the ball deep, Watkins had loads of space to run into. So we'd make quick passes to McGinn and he'd, he'd whip a ball into Watkins. And the first you know, the penalty we got that Watkins missed. But that came about from that exact scenario. Watkins getting in behind, fouled. And I think we'll see similar things, you know, I think. And, you know, two things to note as well is that they haven't got Van Dyke, we don't have Mings. So I don't know if we can pull off the high line to the same level we did in April at Anfield as uh, we can without Mings. That's that's a test for this defence because we've not really faced... You know, we had it at Newcastle where it all fell apart, but that was a freakish, uh, you know, there was a lot of things that just weren't right in that game. Um, and I think this time, you know, this defence had a bit more time to play together to get to know each other. So can one of them step up and lead that high line and make sure that we can do it as well as we did the last time we went to Anfield? And also can Liverpool, you know, cope without Van Dijk, considering that Villa now in attack looks mm. so lethal. Like it's it's a, it's a fascinating game. Yeah, and no, I agree. I think both teams have got defensive limitations, but both teams look very strong up front. I mean, you know, we saw Darwin Nunez score two goals against Newcastle, but beyond that, you know, they've got Salah, of course, and they've got Diaz, and and uh, you know, that they're they're going to be a real challenge to to try and keep quiet. Um, but yeah, I'm totally with you. I think I think it will be a high scoring game. You know, Q and nil nil right now. But uh, but yeah, I do, I do, I think, I think there will be there will be goals, and it will be an exciting game. But the fact that we can say, you know, we can go up to Liverpool, uh, and uh, and be competitive. You know, it's not like the Villa of old where you know you look at that fixture and you think, okay, that's that's a write off. Who 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 do we play next? You know, we can look at that game and think, yeah, we we could get something there. Uh, is testament to you know us as a team at the moment and how we're performing under Emery. So I'm really looking forward to it. I think it will be a really intriguing game. You know, two tactical masters in in Klopp and Emery sort of locking horns. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to it. And then, you know, after that game, you know, we can have another chat about sort of our hopes for the rest of the season. Because if we go there and get a win, then I think it could be a real platform for how we do for for the rest of the year. Mm, is it? Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating one. I, 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 you know, they are on a 14-game unbeaten streak. I think the last uh, time they lost at Anfield was Leeds. Uh, which is going back a long time. 1993. It <laughs> feels like it. Yeah, it's, it's been a long, long time since they've been beaten. So it would be nice. It certainly would be nice to go there and win. Mm. Um, every time I think of, of us beating uh, Liverpool and Anfield, I think of that bizarre game where we beat them 3-1 mm. when, when Benteke scored. Like Benteke just went on a ridiculous... Yeah, sort of riot, uh, and and that that goal was it. Vyman scored where Benteke backheeled it to him, yeah, which had like an incredible yeah. build-up involving Barry Bannon and Brett Holwyn. <laughs> yeah, what a team! Um, yeah, what a team! Yeah, but I, I also remember a three a three-one with uh, Dion Dublin. 
back in like the early 2000s. Lee Hendry maybe scored there. Was it a 3-1 Possibly. or 2-0? So, uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I think a record at Anfield isn't actually too bad. Uh, we've been we have definitely been thumped there a few times, but I remember Robbie Fowler scoring like a hat trick inside about thirteen minutes oh, or something. Yeah, Do you remember that Jesus, one? Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I, I think there was a game we beat them where Curtis Davis scored header uh, mm. recently under Martin yes. Neal. But anyway, yeah, yeah we, we've got we've yeah. got we've got we've got an okay record there. So yeah, it'd be nice to continue that if we can. But yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Okay, that's it for now. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I've been your host, George Linsky. Frankie, catch you later. Catch you in a bit, George. Up the mighty villa. Europe, here we come. Europe, here we come. Get your passports packed. It is goodbye from me for now. We'll be back again soon. But until then, come on the Super Aston Villa. <laughs>